participant. All discussion during the Invest Wisely program is intended for informational and educational purposes. It is not an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. We do not offer tax, accounting, or legal advice. Consult your tax or legal advisor before making any decision that could affect your tax or legal situation. All investing involves risk including the possible loss of principal. You should carefully consider investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of any investment before investing. Diversification and asset allocation do not guarantee a profit or guarantee against loss. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC. And welcome once again to Invest Wisely. Walt Sakira is our expert. Walt is the managing partner of the AKW Group in Akron, also offices in Washington, Pennsylvania. He's a wealth advisor and a director of Robert W. Barrett and Company Private Wealth Management. This half hour, we talked about, about investing in the stocks as he invests his own clients' money in individually owned portfolios of individually owned stocks, custom designed for each particular client for the things that they want to accomplish with their investments. If you have any questions during this half hour about about how the AKW Group invests their clients' money, how uh, uh, Walt thinks about the market, give us a call, 330-673-1234. You're in Akron, and that's out of Akron, including in Washington, Pennsylvania, listening online at W1Hour.com. It's still free at 800 669 Well, Walt, if it wasn't for the fact that so many people out there are wearing masks, we'd be seeing a lot of silly smiles on folks, and every one of those folks with a silly smile is undoubtedly somebody invested in the market, as last week, once again, the indexes hit record highs. What's what's going on there? What's going on last week? Well, Bob, it is happy times for those that are invested in the stock market. That's, that, that's for sure. Uh, this bull market continues to grow legs longer, and uh, participation continues to widen. Uh, last week, we saw each of the large cap indices uh, move up over 1%, so... If we look at the Dow Jones Industrial Average, it was up 1.2% for the week, uh, up about 400 points. <clears throat> Year-to-date, we're at 11.7. Uh, the S&P 500 gained 1.4%, up about 56 points for the week, and it's at 11.4% year-to-date. Uh, the NASDAQ gained 1.1%, up 152 points, and now is up at 9% year-to-date. And the Russell 2000 that measures those small and mid-cap stocks is up 0.9%, almost 1%. And year-to-date is up 14.6%. Uh, you know, gains were logged across all 10 of the 11, of 11 S&P 500 sectors. Uh, utilities had the best performance last week, up 3.7%. Materials were up 32 Healthcare up 29 uh, The only sector that didn't participate last week was the communications sector. Um, so again, Bob, yeah, we're, we're seeing a lot of uh, positivity. Um, you know, returns have been uh, unbelievable. Uh, this isn't, you know, typical, and it's not really what we tell people to expect. You know, I mean, if you look at the long-term averages and the long-term returns in the market, you know, what we've got year-to-date is a lot of times what you hope for a whole year. So, um, you know, a little bit of caution here, but uh, it's, it's nice to participate in, in the strong market. Now, with the market already exceeding the expectations from the beginning of the year, now in the uh, second quarter, it's going so far so fast. 
Aren't you worried a bit? Aren't you concerned that something has to give, so to speak? Bob, I always worry. You know, it's um, at the same time I'm not fearful. But, I mean, you know, you always have to be realistic about expectations. I think the people that I worry about the most are those that are speculating extremely heavily. Fortunately, we don't have investors that are speculating. All Our investors here are long-term in their approach, and they have the proper amount allocated to risk assets. Uh, I also just, you know, worry about people that are getting started or reallocating large money to part of their portfolio to stocks at this point. Um, I think you have to be cautious and, and measured in the way that you commit capital at this point. But, uh, you know, the stock market um, rewards those that are patient and long-term. And, again, we continue to talk about those disciplines that we have, you know, independence of thought, financial discipline, realistic expectations, and common sense. Uh, all of those have to be applied at this stage of the cycle. Now, Walt, one of your, your mantras, if you will, is that you say it's not a stock market, but it is a market of stocks, uh, saying that you're not buying the market itself, but focus on buying those individual companies and their own power, their own valuation. But when stock prices fall, they all fall. Isn't that right? Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, Bob, you can't hide. I mean, if the market would sell off, no matter what, you know, how good your company is or how good your selection is, you're probably going to participate somewhat in that downward movement. And that's what's hard. You know, I, I think the, it's hard to own stocks, Bob. I mean, it's a pretty simple concept, but it's hard, especially in volatility, especially when times get tough. We've, we've all been spoiled in the past year and a half, and a lot of new investors that have come in have been spoiled because uh, they're just seeing gains and they're seeing things go up and they're having big wins quick. And it, you have to be careful because it doesn't always work like that. The ride can be really rocky. And I, I, I found some research I thought I'd just share with the listeners um, if you look at Amazon, you know, and you just go back, you know, over the past uh, so many years, uh, there was a point in time, you know, $10,000 in Amazon, you know, would have been worth under $1,000. There was about a 95% uh, correction in Amazon at one point. Um, you know, that was, that probably didn't feel very good you know, along the way. And it took 10 years, uh, you know, for that stock to get back um, along the way. 2005 and 2006, there was another 54% decline. In 2008, there was a 58% decline. Anyway, when you think about that in real dollars, I mean, that means your $10,000 went down to $5,000, you know, and, and, and it happened so quickly. Uh, there were also five separate losses of 25%. So, so you sit here today and you look back at Amazon, which is probably one of the most compelling stories. Um, you know, it's one of those stocks that everybody talks about. If you would have put $10,000 into the stock and closed your eyes, unfortunately, you can't close your eyes. You know, a lot of times your eyes are wide open and you don't always like what you see. Um, the study went on to say since 1980, more than 40% of all the companies, um, you know, in the U.S. stock market have experienced a decline of 70% or worse without recovering. So, you know, Amazon's one of those that did recover, uh, but there's some that don't. So that's the risk of the market. The rewards are great, and everybody's seeing those rewards, but the risks are high, and you have to remember that it is a risk-reward equation that you have to manage. So how do you prepare for the stock market to drop, which uh, surely will come at some point? How do you get ready for that? Well, I think what we do is what we talk about every week here, Bob. You buy what you buy great companies, you, you own, you make sure you know what you own and why you own it. Uh, you apply some common sense and realistic expectations and final financial discipline. You watch that these companies have good financial power. Uh, you think about their business models and their value propositions as you look out into the future. 
and you make sure that you're not paying too high a price. And, and where the prices have got a little ahead of themselves, you might want to pair back here, and you may not want to enter. Um, you know, it's it's a very disciplined process. It takes a lot of work, and you know, I spent my entire career doing it. And it's it's a busy week for me. You know, it's a, it's a full time job uh, watching all this and making sure that you're uh, being a good steward of the money that you take care of. So, of course, the other events in the news last week are what's been in the news for over a year now is the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, the vaccines are starting to show a few cracks in the foundation, some winners and losers. Johnson & Johnson has been suspended by some concerns over side effects. Uh, Moderna is showing strength over the uh, South African variant. Uh, what is the investment view right now of the COVID situation in the vaccines this past week? I think the the overall investment sentiment is still strong that, you know, we see about 24.3% now of the population fully vaccinated here in the United States. Um, I just had a doctor come back from another part of the world that said, you know, it's it's very bleak there. They're, you know, under 1%. So, uh, you know, we were very fortunate here, you know, 38, almost 39% of our population has at least one dose um, based on the, the tracking and the trends and, you know, these, uh, uh, pharmaceutical companies getting these out there, you know, we, we're still thinking August, September, you know, we'll have a, a very large part of the population uh, vaccinated. But there are some differences, and the J&J vaccine was a little, that's uh, that's been a, uh, criticized a little bit. You know, it, it's uh, they had obviously some side effects, and they pulled the uh, vaccine here for a period of time. Um, all those vaccines up and running and being distributed uh, definitely would help us get to that herd immunity. But I think overall, the, the pos- there's a lot of positivity around the vaccines and the opening of the economy. Another aspect of this economy, which is uh, encouraging, or maybe not, uh, the housing boom. Prices of homes going up. Even here in the economical northeast Ohio, we see housing prices rise. And some of them are getting concerned now. Is this another 2,000-type housing bubble? As you look at the uh, the data out there, what do you think about that? Yeah, Bob, I mean, it's interesting. You know, housing prices have soared. I mean, the Case-Shiller Index, what we look at, was up 11.2% in the past 12 months. That's the largest gain since 2005 and 2006. And I think you're right. You know, fresh on everybody's mind, if you were around investing in 2007 and 2008, you felt the pain of that housing bubble. Uh, but I, there are some differences. I think when you look at... Um, for instance, imputed rents, which are calculated by the Commerce Department and their GDP report. Um, in the past 40 years, home values have typically uh, traded about 16.4 times of their annual rents. They look at what houses would you know, be worth if you rented them. At the peak of the bubble back in 2005, they were at 21.4. Um, today, they're at 17.8. So, it, you know, there is a little bit of overvaluation, but nothing like we saw heading into the housing bubble back in the in you know, the, the late uh, 2000s there. And then the Fed measure of a replacement cost is also encouraging. Um, you know, the 40 years looking at home prices typically have been about 1.59 times replacement cost. In 2005, again, they peaked at 1.94, and today they're at 1.63. So uh, I think the primary problem we see is just a lack of homes. Um, the inventory is very low. We hit rock bottom levels, about 870,000 homes for sale in February. Uh, typically, you know, if you look back in history, of you know, one and a half million homes. So uh, the inventory is very low and everybody's competing. And, of course, that's going to drive pricing up as well. The other metric you look at, of course, is retail sales. They are soaring, uh, supporting the thought we had that consumers are ready to buy again and get out of the house and start living. How about comments on those retail sales numbers? Strong, Bob. Unbelievably strong. You know, Skyrocketed 9.8% for the month. People were out there ready to spend. Um, 
Sporting goods were up 43%, non-store retailers up 35%, building materials up 29%, auto sales up 26%. Uh, the only one we see negativity on is bars and restaurants, you know, down 4.8%. So a lot of strength in the retail sales. We're talking to Walt Sakira of the AKW Group here in Akron. And again, taking any questions you have about financing your stock market uh, experience, uh, what you can do with it, what the stocks are that you should be buying, what stocks you might have, you might have questions about, 330-673-1234. Outside of Akron and on WNR.com, it's totally free for you at 800-669-4100 if you need that kind of a service. Uh, trends and insights. Uh, of course, you do all this research as we've been talking about. Uh, Baird Private Wealth Management gives you great research through uh, their own company providing market strategies and other research. So you look at all this, and plus what you've been doing over the last 30-plus years. Uh, talk about some of the research items you noticed last week that you might want to share with the listeners that might have some impact on their particular position. Absolutely, Bob. Yeah, I mean, one of the things we saw is China reported their booming economic data. Again, a lot of people question if you can believe it all, but uh, their first quarter GDP was up 18.3% versus a year earlier. Obviously, they went through the pandemic a little bit uh, sooner than us, so uh, maybe foreshadowing a little bit of the recovery that we're going to see here, not that we see an 18% number, but strength, you know, big strength, which supports the narrative. Um, again, you know, they're, they, they're hitting on all cylinders, and it's a, a market that obviously is very large. Um, we talked about, you know, some of our concerns about the Chinese market with regulation and the political risk and so forth, but again, a, a, pretty, a pretty interesting market to continue to pay attention to. And then other COVID impacts, you know, Bob, we're going to feel the, the impacts of COVID for years. I mean, how it's impacted really all kinds of things. And what we see now is a lot of people delaying um, the, the movement into college. You know, a lot of high school graduates are putting off their plans to attend college. About a quarter of, of a survey that came out by Junior Achievement USA said, you know, people are going to take a, take a gap year and, and push that off. Um, a lot of it has to do with financing and, you know, people that have been homes and uh, guardians and parents and financial help that's been, you know, really kind of ravaged by the pandemic. So it's uh, just interesting to see, and that that will obviously impact the workforce and people coming into the job market and, you know, lots of trends you got to think about here that might impact investing longer term. And the primary trend, though, you should think about about yourself, I think, when you're looking at long-term investment success. You talk about that often on the show, and that is, uh, you know, making your own choices uh, based on uh, your own feelings about these issues. That's right, Bob. you got to think for yourself. I mean, that's, again, we something we really are proud of here. You know, we get a lot of really insightful information, and we, we analyze and think about it, but we, we make the final decision on what to do with that information, and we really encourage people to do that. We've become a society that just looks for sound bites and tweets and quick, you know, explanations to things. Take the time to do the research, dive in, make sure you're, uh, you know, you're really checking everything, and especially if you're going to put your capital to risk, your hard-earned money that you give your life for, you know, take a little time to make sure that uh, you're doing your own fact-checking. Uh, you're not letting somebody else do that for you. Walt Sakira is talking with us from the AKW Group here in Akron. Time now for Stock Talk on Invest Wisely, that part of the program where you can talk to Walt Sakira about any particular stock issue that interests you, whether you own it, want to own it, used to own it, uh, saw it running down the street one day. He can tell you more about that if you call us at 330-673-1234 or outside of Akron or listening on WNR.com, toll free at 800 669 We both want to thank our listeners for uh, the Invest Wisely question they've been calling in, the regulars and the uh, new ones we have every single week. Uh, we encourage you to call with your questions and share your own ideas and also 
discuss, too, the key trends that Walt has brought up during the program. So uh, feel free to call the show. Be part of it, 330-673-1234 and 800-669-4100. Take our calls right now on WNIR. Good morning. You're on the air. Yes, uh, I did, did get my annual report from Zoetis, and I noticed that if you would have invested $100 in Zoetis in 2015, that it would have been equal $357 and some change versus the S&P 500. If you would have invested $100 in that stock, it would have only equaled $203. So it seems like it outperformed the market very well. So I'll listen to your uh, reply on this matter. Thank you. Yeah, we, we really like Zoetis. Um, we added it to the portfolio, um, you know, earlier in the year. Uh, we, we think that, again, if you look at animal health, if you think about companion animals, which have become a big, again, trend, uh, and the way people care and, and you know, to, uh, get their animals treated now, the, uh, uh, the amount of uh, medications, uh, antibiotics, vaccines, things that they do, and they also... Uh, you know, do a big part of their business towards uh, production animals as well, you know, animals that are really important in the food chain. And uh, so, you know, when you think about that company, uh, you know, animal health is just as important as uh, human health today. And, uh, you know, in, in a lot of ways it supports the human health. So I think Zoetis uh, so is the company we like. We, we like the trends. It's had a, a good long-term track record. And, again, we think it's positioned well, you know, as you look out over the next few years. Now, this is reporting season, and as we thought last week, as the big banks started to report, they're doing very, very well. Uh, one of those banks you own is J.P. Morgan Chase in your core equity portfolio. What did you see from their report last week, and uh, do you feel confident in uh, J.P. Morgan as we move throughout the rest of the year? Uh, Bob, we do. You know, they're arguably one of the most dominant banks in the United States, if not the most dominant. Uh, they lead in investment banking, commercial banking, credit card, retail banking, asset wealth management. I mean, they, they're just a force to be reckoned with. Uh, they had a really impressive quarter blowing out, you know, consensus, consensus estimates. Uh, they released a lot. I think the, the big part was their swing factor was the outperformance was the provisioning for credit losses. Uh, they released a sizable portion of their reserves, almost $5.2 billion dollars. Uh, which is what we a lot of analysts expected for the year. So they did that early in the year, and uh, they'll probably release more reserves. So again, you know, hitting on all cylinders, and as we talked about, very favorable environment for financial stocks at this point. And another stock that you hold in your correct equity portfolio, we talk about quite often, is Alibaba. They uh, seem to have been settling their problems with the Chinese government that resulted in a nearly $3 billion fine from the government for the company. But uh, last week, you mentioned that sometimes when such big issues get resolved or litigation that has hanging over a company gets taken care of, the stock can rebound. So last week, how did Alibaba fare? And do you feel confident to continue to hold it in that core equity portfolio? Yeah, fortunately, Bob, it did rebound. It was up $15 for the week, almost 6.8%. So it was nice to see, as we talked about, it's, it's still off significantly from those highs uh, back at the end of the year when it traded at, you know, $319 a share. But again, you know, that resolution of those issues and a little bit more clarity uh, did provide a little bit of movement for the stock up. And you know, we continue to assess the issue of whether we want to be in, in Chinese stocks and whether we trust them and whether we trust, uh, you know, the, the big picture issues. Um, I uh, read a really interesting newsletter from Mark Faber, um, you know, in the past week where he talks about the kind of impending war between China and the U.S. and uh, politics, not not necessarily, you know, a military war, but, you know, a lot of maybe a Cold War type of thing where especially in, from an economic perspective. So 
lot of issues to think about, a lot of issues we constantly are, you know, thinking about as we're looking at these positions. Another stock that reported last week that uh, has an impact on uh, once more what's happened to the COVID pandemic is Delta Airlines. They say the clouds may be parting for the airline stocks after being, uh, you know, just beat up because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, you do not own Delta, but uh, what about the other airline holdings in your portfolios? Yeah, but we, you know, we've taken some exposure to airlines. Um, it was definitely good to see that Delta uh, sees sunnier skies on the horizon. Um, you know, they did have some mixed results. They're uh, still struggling, you know, in a lot of ways, higher than expected fuel costs, which is definitely going to impact. Uh, it's impacting us. If you go to the, I'm sure you've been to the gas pump, Bob, you see it. Uh, it's going to impact anybody that uses fuel or oil. Um, so again, Delta had uh, you know about a 33% increase in fuel prices, which impacted their profitability a little bit for the quarter. Uh, there also you know a spike in the COVID prevention expenses for their employees. Uh, lots of regulations and rules, and trying to make sure everybody's safe. So that's going to increase costs and uh, also a low revenue uh, yield per flight. But but the trends are good. Um, I think uh, CEO Ed Bastine uh, commented uh, recently on CNBC that. He expects business travel to increase in the fall, you know, as vaccines are distributed and offices reopen. So I think through the summer into the fall, we're going to continue to see airlines really come back online. And it kind of supports the narrative for the, uh, the airlines that we took investments in. We're talking to Walt Sakara. That is Stock Talk. If you have any questions about particular stocks you'd like Walt to analyze for you right now, call us at 330-673-1234 or 800 669 100. You mentioned gas prices, and this struck me just even coming to work this morning as I was driving down the gas station row. Uh, gas prices are now from two and a half to between two and a half and three dollars a gallon. But you never ever hear anybody talking about uh, gas prices anymore. Nobody seems to be worried about them approaching three dollars. No one even says anything about them. And the energy sector stocks aren't doing that well either. <laughs> are these the two things connected in some way? I mean, people don't, are they so blase they don't care anymore? <laughs> or is it just that uh, they're waiting for the next uh, big thing, you know, all electric cars or, or pedal cars, or whatever the thing is coming out there? Why isn't energy doing well? And, and uh, you know, even despite the fact that fuel costs are rising, why don't people seem to care about that? Yeah, I think people will care, Bob, if, if the trends continue. You know, we've seen spikes here and there, and I think people have money right now. There's a lot of savings, and I think also the stimulus has created maybe taking a little of the burden off people. So if you're paying a little bit more at the tank, maybe for a short period of time, uh, it's not as impactful. But longer term, this will this will be a trend that starts to hit people and you know impact uh, their pocketbooks. And as we said, there's there's ancillary effects. You know when you when you talk about you know gasoline is derived from oil from barrels of oil and flight you know airline fuel is derived from barrels of oil. And you know as these prices uh, show some inflationary pressures. Uh, it's going to impact a lot of uh, businesses. It's going to impact consumer spending. Uh, so I think it will become more of an issue as we go through the year. I, I think people in the short run maybe we're not hearing about as much because there's so many other things in the press that seem to be taking our attention. Uh, you know, it's still very a political, uh, uh, you know, the politics, and then I think the social unrest, and a lot of things are, you know, kind of stealing the headlines. But, um, you know, gas prices will come around. People are recognizing it. I'm feeling it. I see it. <laughs> so, you know, if I see it, I'm sure a lot of other people are seeing it, too. So would it be a good time to invest in some of these energy companies that uh, right now are not uh, participating in this big run-up? 
Yeah, but I mean, I think it's a hidden sector. It's a hated sector. Um, we definitely have been looking really hard there. Um, and, and, you know, I think it's, you're right. You're, it's a, that's a pretty good insight from you, Bob, that I think there's some opportunities out there that are worth looking at. We surely are as well. Let's take more calls from Walt Secure on WNIR. Go ahead. You're on the air. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Hey, Walt. Nick Shellhorn. Um, I had a quick question. You always say that it's important to know when to own stocks and when to maybe pull out. And I was curious, um, your thoughts on the potential um, travel industry where Norwegian cruise lines or even just cruise lines in general being suspended till the end of the year. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, Nick. Hey, thanks for the call. Um, yeah, we, we believe that uh, those industries have struggled. They're hemorrhaging. You know, the, they, they need cash to survive. Uh, at the same time, there's a big pent-up demand. I think people want to get back out there and do things. I know the cruise lines, the bookings aren't an issue. It's just their ability to actually have the cruises and satisfy the expectation, the experience that people want. So I think the demand will come quickly. I think those uh, those industries are set for some recovery. But there's a lot of financial damage that's done along the way. So uh, we hold Norwegian in our small mid-cap portfolio. You know, we like the... Uh, the outlook, if we look longer term, it might be a tough six months still, but we like the outlook if we look three to five years out. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. UNWNI with Walt Secure. Good morning. Morning. Uh, Kimberly Clark, symbol KMB, uh, they report Friday, and they say uh, people aren't hoarding toilet paper like they used to, and they uh, their input costs are uh, went, went up. I wondered, I think there's going to be a, a buying opportunity Friday or next Monday or Tuesday. Do you follow KMB? I sure do. Yeah, and you're right. Toilet, toilet paper declined 33% uh, in March from last year, so that, that panic for the toilet paper has definitely subsided, Ken. But, uh, yeah, Kimberly Clark's a, a very impressive company. You know, the uh, diapers, baby wipes, fa- uh, facial tissues, paper towels. I mean, they kind of do everything on the paper product side. Uh, they the last two quarters have been tough for them. I mean, they've uh, profitability and and also revenues have been uh, only six percent, one percent. So, I, I think you're right. You know, the the stocks traded out from those highs of last year, and uh, you know, if they get a little bit more of a sell off, that might be one to look at. Okay, thank you. Thank you for calling. Plus, they raised prices. I know on uh, brands of toilet paper last week. Uh, I guess hopefully uh, ameliorate some of the problems they've been having. But but you know you know paper is made from wood. Wood is lumber. Wood is trees. Uh, the building industry is having a shortage of a, of a lumber for building because of all the natural disasters and demand for that just in the last year. That's going up. The price of that is going up. So ultimately, will not the price of anything made from from a tree, as renewable as it may be, isn't that going to go up in price? It will, Bob. I mean, those are those inflationary pressures that we're talking about, and they're out there. And uh, this is what I think uh, the investors' bond market has been focused on, why interest rates have pressed up a little bit. They they have subsided. But, you know, we have to keep uh, you know a real eye on those inflationary pressures. And, and that's one area you're right. I mean, lumber is definitely, where, you know, we're seeing it, and uh, it's definitely going to have its impacts as we go forward. Once again, these are the trends and the things that they look at at the AKW Group with the assistance of the Robert W. Baird Company. Not only that, but they also provide investment services all around the world and for services like financial planning, retirement planning, estate plan reviews, tax reviews. They can look at your IRA illustrations, uh, your Roth conversion possibilities, your Social Security possibilities, stock options, transaction tax options. All this comes together for a good rounded picture of your investments and what they're doing for you. 
and what they can do for you more efficiently. So this is something they provide for all of their clients. We certainly encourage you to to talk to them about possibly becoming a client. Uh, you don't have to put all your money there, but you can put that certain amount of it with the AKW Group and take advantage of their expertise. You can call them here locally in Akron at 234 234- 466-7476. They're in Fairlawn. Right there. 234-466-7476 at 3560 West Market. And of course, that new office they opened up in Washington, Pennsylvania, uh, suburban Pittsburgh, with Sue Marshall at the helm there. Their phone number in Pittsburgh is 412-480-5090. The AKW Group, Walt Secure, and his team. Call them, tell them you're here to my W1Hour Kid Akron. Real quick, Walt, what about next week? Well, Bob, just lots of earnings reports and data. We'll continue to be in here doing what we do every week. Excellent. Again, Walt Secure with the AKW Group. Call them in Akron, 234-466-7476 in Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, 412-480-5090. Walt Secure, have a good week. Talk to you next Sunday. Thanks, Bob. During today's broadcast, the following individual stocks were mentioned and discussed. Alibaba Group Holding Limited, symbol BABA. Delta Airlines, Inc., symbol DAL. Johnson & Johnson, symbol JNJ. JP Morgan, symbol JPM. Kimberly Clark, symbol KMB. Moderna, Inc., symbol MRNA. Norwegian Cruise Lines Holding, symbol NCLH. And Zoetis, Inc., symbol ZTS. Please note that Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated makes a market in all the securities of these companies discussed during today's broadcast.